Hello, everybody. Welcome to Civically Speaking. I'm your host, Lenore Swiston, and with me today is Patricia Rowe and Pat Laurier. And we are doing a little bit of a debrief, even as results are still being confirmed, of the federal election that took place on the full moon last night on September 20th, 2021, here in Canada. Um, I'm speaking to you remotely with CFCR.ca as our community radio station. It's our fundraising period right now. If you haven't given, give now because it's our F emphasis uh, campaign on right now. So I would be uh, disrespectful if I did not mention that. So if you haven't donated, donate, because that's a good cause to give to. Um, and we want to jump into this now. You know, CFCR, we're, we're one of the only stations that's got some time here to debrief this, 90.5 FM on your, on your dial. So Pat, jumping in here, results last night in Saskatchewan was a blue wave yet again. Okay, so 2019, we had all conservatives that got in. We have that same result now. There were 60.44% of the population that could vote of eligible voters of 800,407, 483,768 apparently voted, giving us 60.4% of the um, turnout. Um, the total average of last year for the federal election was at 67%. Okay. What did you notice last night? Oh, well, uh, I was hoping that uh, Buckley Belanger in the north would take the seat because Buckley is a, a fine man. Uh, he's been an excellent representative for his provincial constituency and uh, very well respected in the Métis community. Uh, <sighs> I, I was surprised at that one. And I was surprised as well that Saskatoon West uh, went back to the Conservatives again. I thought that Robert Doucette did uh, uh, an excellent uh, campaign. So, um, and, and then I, I will a little later on comment on the PPC because I, I think what happened there was abysmal. I'm going to give a little bit of results and then Patricia, I'm going to go to you for your initial thoughts. So some results from the Diné-Mississippi-Churchill uh, River riding, okay, essentially all of the, 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 the half, the north half of Saskatchewan. Okay, so if you look to that, here's the, the breakdown of results. There was a total of 19,777 votes. Gary Vidal, who was the incumbent um, MP for the Conservatives at the beginning of the race, did not look like his numbers were high. Then, of course, he got up to 9,574 votes for 48% of the total vote uh, turnout. Um, Buckley Belanger, who went from being an NDP cabinet minister provincially to a liberal candidate um, federally, he came in second with 5,300 and some votes for 27 percent approximately of the voter um, proportion. And then next to that was the NDP at 3,471 votes or 18 percent of, um, of the voter turnout. And then you had the uh, People's Party, the PPC, that had just under a thousand votes for almost 5%, 4.9% of the uh, voting turnout. So that's kind of the breakdown. There was no liberal, uh, there was no, no, sorry, the Green Party was less, was 1% and Independent was 1.2%. So that was the turnout up north. And then Patricia, just before we go to you, 
Um, I just want to kind of give what the rundown was of Saskatoon West, just to follow that thread. And so when we went to Saskatoon West and we look at their, um, oh, hold on here and just try and get it. You know what, Patricia, I'm going to go to you just so I can get those numbers up. So oh, your sure. initial thoughts. Okay, thanks. Well, interesting as always, and uh, pretty predictable. Um, I was very disappointed um, that Robert Doucette, uh, an Indigenous person, did not win. He's a really good man and he's fought for his community, I think, all his life. So I'm sorry about that. Claire Card, um, as I read it in the paper this morning, I think, said she was not going to concede yet. So I'm assuming she's waiting for mail-in, although the blue wave seems to be pretty secure in Saskatoon and Saskatchewan generally. So, um, you know, it would be great to have seen a little more uh, diversity in the, in the vote and uh, a little bit more of a challenge for the, for the Conservatives, but uh, that's Saskatchewan. Strange turn of events. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, the overall um, number of votes in our province, as I kind of shared, was 483,000 kind of votes. And of that breakdown, 59.8%, so let's just call it 60%, um, voted for Conservatives. Um, for the NDP, it was 20%. For the Liberal Party, it was 10%. And for the People's Party here, 6.8%. So I know, Pat, you had some thoughts on the People's Party. Oh, okay. um, and I want to go to Patricia on that as well. Your thoughts on, on, on them as a party coming in. Okay, well, the People's Party of Canada, in my opinion, I mean, I was amazed. Maxime Bernier is in Saskatoon. Uh, rather than in, in, in his home riding. That tells you an awful lot about how he would have run the Conservative Party if he had been a leader, if he'd been elected rather than uh, O'Toole. Uh, and it just seems to me that, that he would be a, a strong authoritarian type leader. And so with all this anti-mask, anti-vax, anti-everything uh, campaign that he ran, uh, to me, the most significant thing to take away from this election was that it was a, a significant opportunity for training ground for fascists. And I'm really concerned about what's happening there with, with fascism creeping into Canada. And I think we ignore this at our peril. Patricia, jumping in on that? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, 6.8% in Saskatchewan, I think is the highest percentage in the country. Is it not for the PPC? You know, which, I, I don't know, which, but I know it's high. <laughs> is, I, I agree with Pat, a grave concern. And I think people... Um, as you said, ignore it at their peril. It is a creeping um, attitude that's related to vaccinations and people freedom and um, not anybody tell them what to do. Um, I just think it's frightening. And there's certainly a trend um, if you see what's happening in the States. Um, and the fact that Sometimes these minorities are controlling the agenda. 
there's so much time sort of spent um, fighting that sort of fascism, if you want to call it that, um, that other things get lost. And uh, we're spending a lot of time on these issues, um, you know, like the vac vaccination issue, for example. I mean, we spend so much time trying to, to refute these anti-vaxxers. It, it wastes time and energy that could be used to, to do um, uh, things that would benefit more people in our, in our province, in the country in general. So here's some things that are just a little bit of factoid on the PPC. So they had just over 5% of the popular vote at the last count, okay? Um, they did a bit better in Ontario, where it gained kind of around the 6%. So Saskatchewan higher than that. Um, strongest showing may have, this is what some of the other pundits have been saying, but it may have cost the Conservatives upwards of 24 ridings. Uh, so think about that. At 24 ridings, I would have pretty much equalize kind of the math between the liberals and the conservatives, which would have been very fascinating in terms of who's holding the balance of power. So I think that's an interesting thing. It was interesting to see Bernier was at the kind of, you know, at the Saskatoon Inn, I believe is where he had and the police were supposed to be there giving some tickets out because they were, there was a whole bunch of them on inside. They were supposed to be outside, but they were in an inside venue and he wasn't masked. So he wasn't exactly modeling the way there um, under the policy. So I don't know if any tickets will be handed out, but I understand they're supposed to be. So we'll see about that. I don't want to belabor these guys, but I want to go to here. The, one of the biggest comments as we've all heard is the relevance of this election. And was this election an, a relevant election if the numbers really didn't change much? Between yes, it was. Liberal, well, it's, you know, and, the, and that's, this is the whole notion is, you know, right now they've got, you know, the, the count somewhere around 150 to 158 for the Liberals, 25-ish for the NDP, 119 for the cons, 34 for the Bloc. So, pretty similar except there's been two or three cabinet ministers lost by the liberals which is pretty significant i would think if you were the government that was there uh that's a change because now you got a different cabinet that you're making up but pat you said yes tell us tell us more why do you think it was relevant well i i totally agree with, with trudeau's impulse to uh try to form a majority government uh it is I have been part of a coalition government and it is extremely difficult to govern when you've got uh, another party or other parties saying, well, gimme, gimme, gimme before I will cooperate in the slightest with you. And uh, we've seen that already with the NDP leader saying, well, I don't know if he's not going to do this for me, I'm not going to do that for him, when, you know, it would seem to me that Jagmeet Singh should be reflecting on the fact that he is now the fourth party in the House of Commons, not the third party. So uh, coalition governments, minority governments are difficult, and we saw it even in the way that Aaron O'Toole conducted his campaign. It was every time I turned on the radio or the television to hear him, it sounded like he was doing a KTEL commercial. But wait, wait, there's more. Oh, it isn't good enough to have a GST holiday in December. Well, wait, I'm going to give you a, an early bird special on 
housing or something and, uh, and uh, please take out your rewards card. Uh, it wasn't, this was not, uh, many of the parties did not run it like, uh, uh, like Canadians have come to expect election campaigns where we debate and discuss ideas and we put forth broad uh, policy concerns. Did you even hear any, any mention of Indigenous issues? It was, uh, there was so many opportunities lost in this last election. And I believe very strongly that they were lost because of the way the Conservative leader conducted the campaign. Patricia, going to you. Yeah, I mean, I, I too understand why Trudeau would want uh, to get a majority, obviously. Um, I, you know, whether or not this was a good time to have an election in the middle of this pandemic, I don't know. On the other hand, I think that uh, people had an opportunity to say whether they felt he was doing a good or adequate job related to the pandemic, and clearly they wanted to stay the course. Um, almost exactly the course in terms of the, the vote split and so on. So I found that interesting, but I, I too feel that some of the major issues just do not get enough attention. La on the CBC last night, I was watching the, the coverage and there was a group of First Nations, um, a, a sort of a panel uh, of quite a diverse panel. And that was what they talked about was why, why does this mean so little? Why is it not dealt with? Why do we have so many people without potable water? Um, all of those sorts of things, you know, missing an indigenous women, it just keeps getting pushed to the side. And the whole issue of, of reconciling those, those concerns and our history are just vitally important in this country. And I still feel that was not addressed um, in favor of these sort of hot button issues or, or um, you know, sort of trying to outdo each other on how much I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you more, well, I'll give you more. No, I can give more, you know, that kind of thing. And I keep just, it doesn't serve people well. It does not serve people well. So I'm going to take a different bit of a different tack than Pat on this one. I like minority governments. I do. I know for, for the people that are in the government, it would be harder because you just you just gave an example yourself. I get that, right? You're in there, you want to move stuff, damn it, I got to talk to somebody else. I like the fact that minority governments means you actually have to talk to the other people yeah, and you true. actually have to work together and you actually have to try to find ways of brokering things that that can maybe make a better outcome than if you had just done it yourself in terms of a party. So I'm not a big fan of partisan politics, never have been. Um, and that the whole notion of this is that it starts to push that whole notion of how do parties have to start to work above and beyond their own kind of platforms, because now they have to bludge their own platforms and their own ideologies in terms of trying to get something done. So my takeaway last night, right in Trudeau's speech and in, and in the NDP speech and in the Conservatives is you've got 
a conservative that's trying to move to the middle desperately, but he has a party that's not. You have a fringe party that's come about because they want to stay on the fringes, akin to what's happened in the States and what we saw as an outcome of that with Trump. So we have to watch that. I appreciate that as well. But I also heard the NDP saying, here's the things that we need you to be thinking about, Trudeau, in terms of your agenda, and also from the Greens as well. So, you know, there are things that were, that were out there in the campaign around the environment, things around housing, things around seniors care, um, particularly in the dealing of national strategies around pandemics. And so in 2019, there was no pandemic. Now we're in the middle of a pandemic. And now the people have spoken and said, we still want a minority government moving forward while we're in a pandemic. We don't want just one form of government taking place there with that plurality of stuff, but also a collaborative nature of it is something that the, you know, that the, the country has spoken to. So I also said, would say one more thing. It'll be interesting to see what other issues arise as a result of this uh, when they try to negotiate going forward. So I can see Pat's shaking her head. So I'd love to have you respond to that. Well, I'm just going to remind you, Lenore, and any listeners uh, of another country that has similar politics that we've now moved into, because clearly we've moved away from the Lots of countries have this. Lots of, of countries have this. But the one that most obviously springs to mind is Italy. So what we've got now with our six parties is the italicization of Canadian politics. And you saw it even with O'Toole's speech. You know, instead of doing a concession speech where he said, well, I, I want to thank uh, the other uh, party leaders and everything, and it was a good campaign, blah, 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 blah. You know, we are used to that graciousness in Canadian politics. Instead, O'Toole was, was objectionable and uh, still fighting the campaign uh, as, if, as if he expected he could have a do-over today. And um, I, I'm, I'm really worried that he's, he's tried his experiment of trying to move the party to the middle. And clearly it didn't work. So I think what you're going to see now is another hard right turn to uh, just like the Saskatchewan party in, in this province has done, uh, you know, people say, well, a lot of uh, Scott Moe's actions are to prevent the burgeoning of the Buffalo party. And I think you're going to see that uh, with the uh, conservatives federally, that they will go back to where they were before and, uh, I just, I worry about the state of Canadian politics right now. And uh, again, yes, uh, it's a minority government. Uh, hopefully uh, the NDP, the Bloc Québécois and the Liberals will play, play nice, nice together. Uh, but uh, there's gonna be an awful lot of uh, licking of wounds by the Liberals all across Canada in the next few weeks and months, it seems to me. Yeah, I mean, democracy is messy. Patricia, over to you for some thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think there can be advantages to a, 
to a minority government too, because it, it helps to hold the, uh, the liberals or the party in power to account. And I think that's important. I also feel that, um, you know, the NDP certainly, uh, even though, as you say, they are the fourth party now, they certainly have um, a platform that appeals to a lot of people in Canada. And I think they will continue to uh, support the government if they um, lean a little bit more left in those in those areas that we've already discussed. I, I, I worry about politics too right now. And I, I just, I worry that as Pat said, um, the conservatives could certainly take a, a hard right here and what that will mean for Canada as a whole. Uh, I worry that the influence that's coming from the South is, is extreme and that, that concerns me greatly um, because there's, it's sort of, there's no basis to it except except that um, you know people are angry they want their own way they want things to be different they want things to be the way they were and that's never going to happen so i worry that we uh, may move in that direction so i'm thankful frankly that the liberals won even though it was a minority um, because i think they can do work that could prevent some of that from happening um, not to say that I think they're the answer to everything. I don't, but I think the combination of people now um, possibly can make some change. However, I wonder what the future is for Singh, what the future is for O'Toole, and what the future is for, for Trudeau. So let's go there you know? for a second, because I do want to go there, because I mean, you know, we're in a minority government. My, my sense is I don't think there's going to be any palatable taste by any of the others um, to want to start to pull the trigger to have another election anytime soon. So I see that we could foreseeably be in a messy minority, you know, for at least a few, two, three years, if not a full four years. I could see that, depending on how they line their ducks up in the other parties. So that speaks to the Conservatives. So when do we think um, um, a leadership review could take place there? Because I have, a, I have a thought that they are trying, you know, there is a movement within that party that wants to go more moderate, go back to a more moderate time. There is a fringe party that's over on the right. And they're seeing that if they want, they've still, they increased their popular vote a bit, you know? So, I mean, their popular vote is still higher. Uh, it didn't, it didn't, it wasn't, you know, as, as efficient as the other ones to translate into seats, but they had the most popular vote. That's totally I mean, overall, right. overall, I really believe that Canada does not want that fringe stuff, that yeah. they believe in the common good, that they want uh, their, the populace to be, to be looked after and to be treated with dignity and respect. I believe all those things about Canadians. But Aaron and O'Toole said at the end of his speech, Aaron O'Toole said at the end of his speech, I'll be back. Do you think he will be? Or do you think that it's yes. not up to him? Will he be back? Yes, he will be back. Uh, I saw an interview with, with uh, a representative of the Business Coalition, and, uh, and clearly they've decided that they're going to stick with O'Toole for a while. It's not going to be, oh, well, you didn't give us our Christmas present uh, of uh, controlling the government completely. 
Uh, so we're going to kick you out. Uh, Phil, keep this. Tend to do that. They do tend to do that. They've had five leadership. Is it five? Exactly. It's every time there's an election, get rid of get rid of whoever was the leader because apparently it's the leader that's the fault. You've hit on a right uh, comment though that Canadians do generally, uh, and and you as well, Patricia said it. We tend to support and endorse. Uh, a much more complete and enhanced social program than do Americans to the mm -hmm. South. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that many Canadians are proud of that. And, uh, and I would include conservative voting Canadians in that. So uh, I think O'Toole yes. was trying to offer what he saw as more of a middle of the road program. He hasn't got it right yet. He's, he's right. doing it as if it's a, a, a garage sale. He's got I to- wanna, I wanna go, I wanna go guys just here in the last two minutes because I, I would feel sad if we didn't get here though. On Singh, what happens to, what happens to the NDP and his leadership? You know, they took 17.7% of the vote, 25 seats is what Elections Canada has right now. Conservatives at 119, Liberals at 158, the other as in green too, okay? So let's go to the NDP. Does he stick around? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Okay, and, people, and then, like, people like him for what, whatever that does. So is, is he the broadbent of the NDP in the 21st century? Oh no, not 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 well, by just in terms of longevity, right? Just that he stays around because he's likable in that sense. But is he able to but translate into votes? But how how much longer will he want to stick around if if um, their vote count doesn't go up and they don't have more power in, in government? Okay, but I think they'll stick with him. I think they'll stick with him. And then what about anime in terms of the Green Party? What's going to happen there, guys? You're, they're down to two. They lost one of their people, but they advanced in Ontario. She's gone. She's yes. gone, which is a shame. She, she's very clear and, and straightforward. Uh, it may be too clear and too straightforward to survive in the political uh, world, but uh, I think anime, anime Paul is gone, and it will be interesting to see uh, who replaces her. You know, it's interesting. In 2019, we talked about kind of a surge a little bit in the Green Party, right, and that they were getting to those points where it was getting higher, and now this one this election in the middle of a COVID, you've got the People's Party at 5.1% overall of the general vote and the Green Party at 2.3%. You know, it's kind of interesting to see where it's going to go, guys. It's yeah, interesting that you, it's interesting, Lenore, you didn't ask what happens to Maxime Bernier now. Well, yeah. that's, I, hey, that's my last, that's where I was going with this. That's my final thing. What happens to him? He hasn't won. He hasn't won, but he's he's running an authoritarian type party, and he will stick around. He's our dear leader. I, I agree with that. Guys, guess what? We've come to the end. So thanks so much, Patricia Rowe and Pat Laurier, for being partisanically speaking here on 90.5 FM, cfcr.ca. If you're looking for us online, 
and on the social platforms. And also this, it's F Emphasis right now. It's our fall fundraising campaign. I really, really encourage everybody to donate who can to support shows like this so that we can keep things local in politics and, and make the conversations worthwhile as today has been. Thanks so much to the two of you for joining. Take care, everybody. Be well out there. <laughs>